G'day guys, it is the coach here. Hope you are kicking ass and taking names. It is all things spiders. We are talking all the great spiders in the mortal realms. We've got uh, funnel webs, we've got, um, I've said a mind blank, but we are talking the gloom spike gets uh, new new rules. They got some pretty cool new rules. We've been, we've been really, really lucky through the White Dwarf Celestial Tomes to get updates to, to Squigs, to Trogoths, uh, and now to Spiders. Uh, so talking me through the Scuttle Tide or oh, the Grim Scuttle, uh, I have Dave Campbell or David Campbell in Australia. Everything gets shortened, but Dave's coming straight out of Canada. G'day, David. Welcome. Hello. And thanks for taking the time out to share with us a little bit about your list tech and how you're looking at the new Spider rules. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. I watch your show all the time, so I'm a big fan. Uh, excited to be here. Excited to talk about spiders. Anytime we talk about spiders, it's going to be a good time. Right. I live in the land of spiders. I walk out. This, this, there's funnel webs. There's you know huntsmen. There's all a bunch of spiders. So for me, I'm not scared of the mortal wound potential of spiders, but most of the mortal realm should be. So I want to talk to you and pick your brains because. I am a goblin and a squeak player through and through. I'm all about those guys. I don't own any. Oh, sorry. I own one spider model. That is the, uh, uh, what's it called? The the web spinner shaman. Uh, yeah. I need to get those sweet boosts up for the scuttle tide. But otherwise, I don't own any spiders. So for me, I know a lot of list theory, but I don't know a lot of the practical. And I know that's where you're going to really come in and share with us about how you're looking at the new white dwarf rules, how it kind of works already with the battle tone rules. And then finally, kind of, how you're thinking from a list design point of view, being very conscious that we haven't had our winter FAQ yet. So not that I think that White Dwarf is going to ruin us and not that I think that spiders are going to go up. <laughs> so we should, I think we should be okay, right? Yeah, I, I, I suspect we're going to go down a little bit, hopefully. But, uh, I can't get it much uh, higher than they are now, I don't think. <laughs> the, the chat's loving your your rocking chair. It's like... It's like <laughs> bit of a roller coaster going on. I'll but try, I'll to, try to stand still. <laughs> all right. How, how did you start with spiders? Like before we get into the rules and, and we talk about the cool stuff, what what drew you to spiders in the in, in the book? Because for me, I love the squigs. I love the, the trog models. I love the grots. Spiders didn't get a lot. They didn't get a lot of love. They didn't get a lot of new yeah. models. Um, like what drew you to that side and, and what have you enjoyed in your time playing with them? Uh, so what mainly brought me, I, I used to play Warhammer Fantasy, so I had a bunch of the old ones lying around, and I always loved the models, especially the Arachnoroks. Those models are great, and I love the concept of, like, uh, just goblins riding spiders. I love the lore, the narrative behind it, and uh, just fielding an army of just spiders is really cool to me. And I, I kind of had a strike stroke of inspiration uh, that I wanted to do, a, like, a fully uh, icy spider tribe. Um, so I just had that idea, and I went with it, and I, I've loved playing them since. So. I dig it. I dig it. I think they're cool. I, I really love the Arachnoroks, for example. Um, I think they're a really cool model, and I actually would like to get some at some stage. I think that's certainly a, a next big model that I want to buy. If I didn't have the Troll Hag, I definitely would go out and get a, an Arachnorok to kind of fill that role because my gits, the, spider, the, the, the actual goblins need a little bit of like a, a bit of a, a strong model in there. But you, you picked them up, you brought them over from Warhammer Fantasy, and um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited were you with the new rules? Like, is this, like, the best thing since sliced bread? Don't pick it up. It's not worth it. Like, where, where do you stand on the spectrum? I'd probably put it around a 7. I don't think these are, like, the best rules ever, but for spider players, these are a great 
upgrade to what we already had. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When I looked at the White Dwarf rules, I like, these are good. These aren't broken. They aren't hot garbage. They are something there. And I think if I was a Spider Fang player, I'd be very happy. I think it's very complimentary. And if I'd been watching the Trogs and the Squig rules, I'd be happy to, to be blessed by the Bad Moon with some new stuff. But has it made my army, you know, indestructible and overpowered? Probably not. Uh, at the same time, is it something that I'd want to incorporate into my list design? Has it maybe changed the way I'm looking at my army or maybe incentivized to go certain ways? Yeah, I think so. I think there's some cool stuff that you can build upon. And I know you have given me a couple of lists that you have put, put this into theory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the new stuff, not not exactly what Spider Fang needed, but great. And they give us a lot of new options that are really fun to play with. So where we might start is uh, for anyone who's a Spider Fang player, I'm hoping you know your um, your allegiance rules. But I might start at the top of the tree. This is our generic stuff that we get in our battle tome. And we're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. You know, if you, if you are new to the army, we might go through some of this stuff uh, just, you know, at a very high level. But when I look at the the rules that I get, because some of them stuff's for Grot, some of them for, for Trog, some of them are for Casters. Which ones to you are most important? You know, uh, is the Bad Moon important to you? And how does this kind of incorporate into your list design? So uh, the Bad Moon is fickle. Um, you you want to play play to it whenever you can, but you don't always get the opportunity. Um, so you want to when you're building a list and picking where the moon come from. Uh, want to make sure that you're go you should be able to take advantage of that at some point in the game. Um, the three abilities here that are uh, the best for Spider Fang are the Bad Moon Magic, the Lunatic Inspiration, and obviously the Spider Venom. So for people who don't know, uh, basically the Bad Moon starts off the side of the board. So in round one, there is no effect. I'm hoping and praying that one day that will change. Um, nothing grinds my gears than not being able to use my allegiance rules in turn one. But basically at the top of the, the battle round, so uh, before sides are determined, we roll a dice and the Bad Moon will either stay in its current place, it'll move one square or it'll move two squares. So you... Um, you, you cut up the board, you cut up your, your battlefield into quadrants, so quadrants of four. Uh, and basically, depending on if your army is within the, the, the light of the bad moon, so different certain quadrants will depend on uh, what effects may be in play. So uh, what, what did you mention? The bad moon magic, which is giving you plus one to cast for our gloom spike key, uh, gets keyworded wizards, but also, um, yep, what was the other one you said? You said uh, the spider fang venom, which is going to be... Uh, making us do mortal wounds on a five plus instead of a six yep and then lunatic inspiration which is just going to give us more command points over the course of the game and then obviously the there's the other oh yeah sorry and bad moon magic i was thinking it was a different one but no bad moon yeah. magic as well uh subtracts one to the casting value of your enemy so should they be under the light of the bad moon um you do also get the the mortal wound damage that um, that can come out the the potential D three, yep. but uh, I think it's, sorry, it's not the most consistent ability, but it'll help you once in a while, and it's it's just an extra bonus. Yeah, in, in any of the previous shows that I've talked about, the gits rules, these are all nice to have. This is if, if you have come from Daughters of Cain, Deep Kin. Anyone that has like a consistent allegiance ability, like turn one, my models are undercover. Turn two, I can run and charge. The consistency is not there. I've played, I played with my bad moon, and 
there's been games where the bad moon, I've kept rolling a one constantly and, I, and the, the moon hasn't moved till, till turn four or turn five. So sometimes it'll jump crazy. Sometimes it won't jump at all. Um, I know for me, it's been a challenge at times just to get consistency and plan. How have you kind of looked at the bad moon? Um, very similar. Um, you just hope for the best with it. Sometimes it'll, you, you'll get a good roll. It'll sit in the middle of the board for a couple of turns. Sometimes it'll skip over the middle and you won't get it where you need it. So generally you want to play to uh, mitigate the ability as much as possible and take advantage of it when you get the opportunity. Yeah, 100%. You want to, you want to, it's a nice to have plan if you didn't have it. And especially probably for me as a squeak player where there's a lot of random movement, probably not as much for yourself, uh, but there are some nice to haves. And for me, it's not like I'm preparing for turn three. I'm going to have this amazing combat shooting, whatever it might be. Uh, it's all just dead. It'd be nice to have. Um, yeah. At least that's what I found with the bad moon. It's frustrating, but the bad moon is not predictable. Even when I have scrag rod. Yep. You got to be ready when the moon's ready. Not when you're ready. Anyone knows in the law, the bad moon just moves around. It's all crazy. So it does not like our moon. Um, so cool. So there's some cool things that we got with the the, the spider with spiders uh, with with uh, gloom spike gits. Though uh, if you're if currently are using gloom spike, this hasn't changed. But where the change is really coming about is going to be what came out in the new uh, white dwarf. So white dwarf December 2020, if I'm not mistaken. We got a whole bunch of update Celestial Tome. It's a um, it's for match play, guys. So you can use this at your next tournament, uh, depending on where you live. Obviously, tournaments may be a little bit further away. But long story short, this is match play legal. So there are points, and it is legal. No tournament organizer will turn you away. But what you get is a whole bunch of additional abilities, and you're going to get an artifact um, should you choose to be grim scuttle so you don't have to be if you still want to stick to just more of a mixed bag stay what you're currently doing but if you do want to go down this route you're going to get some benefits so maybe i'll read out the the rules dave and you can tell me how you think about these or maybe if they are in, even important maybe they're things that you just skip over so oh. the first one you yep. the, the first good. one you got is your uh, each time a friendly Grim Scuttle Spider Fang unit is affected by a spell or an endless spell, uh, roll a dice and on a five plus you ignore the effects of a spell or an endless spell. So, so first off, it's optional. So just because you're you're um, maybe you try to cast like Mystic Shield on your army doesn't mean that you have to roll a dice. It is an optional rule for yourself. So Dave, do you like this rule? How do you kind of think about this? I like this rule. It's not. Uh... I would have preferred something else if I'm being honest, but this rule as it is, is a great addition. Spider Fang uh, don't have as many unbinds as maybe we would like to. The uh, web spinner on the Arachnorok only gets one unbind. So any kind of magic protection is great. And uh, it lets you play a little more aggressive with endless spells because if one of them happens to come back at you, um, you have a chance to ignore it. So that's really useful. I really like it in the current meta where we have uh, Lord of Change, Croak, uh techless nagash i'm sure plenty of other armies there's a whole yeah. bunch of you know super casters right now so um i found as a gits player there wasn't a lot of ways to get an increased um spell cast uh it's it's quite hard other than you know being fortunate under the bad moon or maybe getting some arcane terrain even scrag only gets gives you a plus one to your spell casting 
So to be able to ignore the effects of, a, of an endless spell or a spell, yes, I can't beat the supercasting techless with his, you know, auto casts or plus tens, but on a one in three, I can ignore the specs of, of effects of a spell or an endless spell, which I thought um, was pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I've got it in Hello Heart as well. It's very, very good. Um, one in three. The second one is drawn to the Aether Glow, so you can re-roll hit rolls for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly Skitter Strand models. Uh, who's a Skitter Strand? Uh, Skitter Strand is only the ambushing Arachnorox, so the ones with nobody riding them. Okay, cool. So it's not the whole army. So obviously the first one, which is the Grim Scuttled Spider Fang, everything probably is going to have a keyword unless you pick out a Trolls or you trick out something that's not Spider Fang. But this yeah. is just something a little bit different. So if you're going to build upon this list, Keep that in mind. Uh, those models, so uh, if you can reroll hit rolls for the attacks made by those melee weapons uh, of the friendly Skittle Strand model, if it is targeting a wizard or a priest. Same, same situational to me. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's pretty situational to me as well. I've never played with a lot of Skitter Strands, but this is useful. There's a few wizard units popping up nowadays, and that's really good against those. And maybe if they're bringing a really powerful wizard. Um, I did some of the math on this uh, for the damage, though, and it it's a pretty decent increase to your damage because you almost double the damage from your spider leg attacks if you had your top bracket. And so you go to around 10-ish damage, I think it was, with just that ability if you're hitting a wizard. Uh, so that's pretty useful. What I like about it is it means that you don't have to spend a command point. So if you wanted to take down that wizard or do some serious damage to a wizard, um, you wouldn't have to, if you really want to try to pop it, you wouldn't have to spend a command point to get some re-rolling action happening but also it might kind of mitigate or at least kind of reduce the impacts of, let's say, a lookout sir. So if you're trying to take down like a hag queen who's being supported or, you know, being blocked off by a big block of witch elves, for example, uh, she would normally get minus one to hit. However, you would get a reroll. So you increase the likelihood potentially of doing some damage. So, uh, oh, no, this is melee. What am I, what am I talking yeah. about? I'm losing the plot. <laughs> um, I was thinking, I was happy days. Kill that yeah. wizard. Kill that stupid yeah. wizard. Ignore <laughs> me. I was thinking shooting, shoot it off, but no, it's a melee attack. Um, if, you, if you're if you a wizard in combat, what are you doing unless you're Nagash? I mean, there's a few that are riding some some angry beasties that that's pretty useful against. Uh, any wizard riding a monster like a griffin or a dragon or maybe even a lariel uh, might help you out. You might need more than one to kill some of the tougher ones, but you can pop out a few Arachnorox out of the, the depths to, to charge something, so... Yeah, good call. Good call. I was I was struggling for a second. I'm like, wait a second, who's a wizard and who's a priest and who wants to be in combat? Very few, but there is yeah. some situations. Yeah, good. Really good shout. Thanks for picking that up. You do get yourself a command ability. So you can use this command ability at the start of your movement phase. Okay, interesting. If you do so, pick one friendly Grim Scuttle Spider Fang unit wholly within 12 of a friendly Grim Scuttle Spider Fang hero. Until your next hero phase, that unit can retreat and still charge in the same turn. I like that. Yeah, retreat and charge is always useful. It's a great rule. Um, for Spider Fang, some of your units are a little uh, aren't exactly the most durable, but anytime you can take advantage of this to move where you need to go and engage on a better target is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think being able to retreat and look, to be honest with you, retreating in our game, I keep saying this over and over, is an underutilized rule. Uh, being able to get yourself out of a situation you don't want to be in, being able to reposition or maybe challenge an objective, get into something that is a juicier target, get out of a screen. Um, 
especially like when you get clogged down with a with a unit maybe you do a whole bunch of damage and there's still one or two models left you know retreat out of that go get something that's juicier go get something that's a bit more powerful go deal those mortal wounds um so i really like that especially like building upon the speed that the spider fang has yeah with spiders i think it's extra important because we're not a grindy army so if you're stuck in a combat that you that your opponent wants to grind out you want to get out of that as quick as possible yeah i that that's something that i've definitely found is that you want to be doing hit and runs you do not want to be sitting there in the grind because that's where spiders lose it's probably very few situations where you'll win the grind just because of the the I guess you don't have a lot of wounds i know you've got you know multiple wounds per model but you just don't have a lot in a unit and you don't have the armor saved to win out an attrition war yep uh you got yourself a command trait so with the with the general so your general must have the following command trait uh unless you're taking a name character though you don't have one unless you choose scragrot the loon king which i don't think you would He's a, he's a tough fit, and there's not much of a reason because your web spinner or Ragnaroks already do get a plus one to cast. So uh, it's only a 60-point difference, and he's kind of hard to fit in the list, so I don't think you'd bring Scragrot in most lists. No, no, I was just thinking, like, there's no named character, so you are likely going to get this command trait. I was just thinking of situations where that might not happen. But you, you get the profit of the Spider God, so once per battle in the combat phase... You can say that this general will unleash their battle cry. If you do so, friendly grim-scuttled spider fang models are treated to be affected by the light of the bad moon until the end of that phase. So it was almost essentially like does the same type of thing that Scragrot does. You want the you want a guaranteed thing with the bad moon. You can do once per game, do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will note this is a grim-scuttle web spinner shaman. So if you did bring a uh scuttle boss general he could take a command trait from the book and you don't have to take this one yes absolutely because it says the grim scuttle uh, web spinner shamans if you make your ragnarok your general you wouldn't get that uh if you made the scuttle boss your general or you wouldn't get this command ability no no yeah although this command ability is fantastic i think it's probably the best ability for spiders in this list of abilities being able to turn on the moon whenever you want and even if it's only one phase just adds an extra level of consistency to the army that's sorely needed and that obviously becomes very important especially being able to increase the potential of mortal wounds going from the flat six down to five plus so uh is that is that the rule that you really want to tap into with the bad moonlight absolutely that's what you need to do your damage so so being able to guarantee that and you're likely to have a web web spinner shaman as i've mentioned in the past i have a web spinner in every single list of my gits um so i've always got a web spinner shaman for itchy nuisance and for is itchy nuisance no. uh no, no let's see uh, uh, it'll come to me yeah. um there's one particular spell that i always want from the from the spider law and being able to cast by a scuttle tide with an increase or a plus one to that that spell cast so um i imagine you are going to have at least one web spinner shaman in that list absolutely the web spinner shaman is probably the most important piece in your army for a spider fang list because uh mainly because of his war scroll spell but absolutely crucial so you're going to have one to take this command ability that's driving me insane i need to know what spell i choose oh sneaky distraction oh yeah that was in the in the in the, the moon clan side it's sneaky distraction that me as a gits player never leaves home without but 
uh, there are some other really good spells that you've got there. So um, it's just I don't have the natural synergy for me in my git side. Uh, and then finally, you also going to get actually no, it's not even finally. You get a nice little tweak as well coming up, but you also do get yourself an artifact. So the first artifact that you um, that you distribute will have to be the Shaishan Spider Sigil. So subtract one to the bravery characteristic of friendly enemies while they are within six inches of the bearer. In addition, add one to the bravery characteristic of friendly Grim Scuttled Spider Fang units while they are wholly within twelve of the bearer. I think it's an okay artifact. It works well on a uh, web spinner shaman on a Ragnarok because they have an ability where if it's your general, they give all spider fang. I think it's spider fang. Maybe it's gits, but it gives spider fang mm -hmm. units within an area around them plus two bravery. So this stacks with that and gives them a nice plus three bravery aura. Uh, the bravery penalty is less relevant, I think, but uh, the bonus is great on uh, units that have really low bravery to start with. I think you can buff them all the way up to nine with all the buffs you have available in this artifact. So it helps a lot with uh, Battleshock tests. My, my only maybe counter argument, or maybe it's more of a question, is with the Arachnorok. And I don't know. And obviously, when we get through some of your list, we'll find out if you've got more than one Arachnorok. But if I had a choice of an artifact going to an Arachnorok, would it be this one this this bravery buff and debuff or would it be something from my allegiance ability whether it's the totem of the spider god you know the east Gutler, you know you've got a couple of good options there i guess the question and we'll talk about this very very soon when we get into your first list is um is this a tax um is there better options for me you know hell is there a better option for me to get from the uh from the realms should i get you know get myself a uh, a rage blade and you know get some additional attacks on on, on sixes so we'll, we'll, we'll explore that in a minute i guess but it's not a bad little one yeah. um what's the bravery of a spider uh the base oh. bravery is four but oh. if they have a banner they get up to six mm -hmm. if they're near that general they get up to eight and this would if the general had that banner bring them up to nine so that's uh, that's that's pretty good so if you're thinking about and I, I'm picturing this in my head, Dave, is that, you know, I'm moving my Spider Fang army forward. I've got at least one Arachnorok um, with, maybe with this artifact supported by a bunch of small spiders, you know, your spider riders. That would be a nice little, I guess, hammer unit, you know, all moving up, being supported, potentially having up to Bravery 9 um, and having a couple of CPs under the belt potentially from the Bad Moon as well would allow me to, worst case scenario, battle not not battle shock those spiders off because i imagine that would just that would suck yeah usually <laughs> you can't afford <laughs> you can't afford it but hey if you do lose something and we know that you won't win the attrition wars uh you will get an update to your loon shrine now you must be cheering about this now at the end of the turn you can pick one friendly spider rider unit that's been destroyed and on a four plus uh it will come back within 12 inches of the loon shrine yeah, well, this ability means I need to paint up my Loon Shrine now. It's been sitting on my shelf, but uh, fantastic ability. It lets us play a lot more aggressive. Um, if we get a point decrease in the near future combined with this, this will make a big difference for Spider List because we'll be able to make uh, trades and sacrifices in the game uh, and have them be beneficial almost for us. Does this incentivize you now to go all in on Spider Riders? Because I know for me as a Gits player, um, when I play with my goblins, you know, I'm, I'm probably flooding the board with my stabbers and my shooters. 
when I play with my white dwarf rules and I can tweak the goblins, so the goblins are squigs, um, and I can bring back Boyne Grotz, Hoppers, and Squig Herd, it's incentivizing me to take more Hoppers and Squig Herd. Does the same rules apply here? Are you going to be going in all in on the big Arachnoroks? Or, and we have seen some of those builds where someone will have three, four different, you know, big Arachnoroks and minimal Spider Riders. Or is this enough for you to start thinking about going all in on or taking a lot of spider uh, spider uh, riders? Yeah, I think this ability pushes the spider fang in a way that you can you can afford to take a list with a bunch of spider units, even if a bunch of them are only five mans. I think that lists that are more focused on just spider riders become a lot more viable now. Yeah, and look, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at the chat now, and I 100% agree with them that one of my favorite updates from the White Dwarf is being able to tweak the Loon Shrine to be for spiders, squigs, and trogs. Um, it always felt like a missed opportunity that only the goblins would come back from the Loon Shrine, and it was very much very useless to to people like you until unless you want to like have like a bit of line of sight blocking terrain to you know protect a something from being shot off in turn one but otherwise i was never that impressed with the loon shrine in a in a non-goblin army yeah absolutely it was a bit disappointing i have a a squig and troll army painted up too so these updates have been super exciting for me now it is worth calling out though that if you are building a mixed force so if you are bringing a uh squig spider or a spider goblin or a, a spider troll uh, army uh you can only choose one of these options so if you are going down the route of the um the this particular one the grim scuttle it means that the rules of the uh the loon shrine are replaced so you can't bring back goblins and spider riders you are choosing one or the other so uh again this is kind of incentivizing you to go all in on spiders but if you want to do a little bit of like a, a small armed of goblins or trogs or squigs um you absolutely can. It just means you can't bring them back, though. You've just got to choose which loon shrine you're using. Yep. But I think obviously we're in the spot. We're in the spider show, so <laughs> we're bringing back spiders. Absolutely. I'd like to think so. Um, and the last thing you kind of get, and um, and I, I might get your high level thoughts on this, but then we'll put this all into theory. Is is that we've also got three battalions? Not one, not two, three. You've got three more than me. Mega Gargant players have so. I'm not salty at all about Gargants not getting a, a battalion. But you have three battalions coming out. You've got the Grim Scuttled Spider Cluster. You've got the Grim Scuttled Skitter Swarm. And you've also got the Grim Scuttled Nest. And I did mention previously that this is match play legal. There are points here as well. So uh, and no doubt that War Scroll Builder and Azir will have these updated in, in the near future. But yep. uh, first off, we've got three of them, and I'd love maybe just your high-level thoughts on if you like them, if you don't like them, and then we'll see how you put these all into practice with some of your lists. The first one is the Grim Scuttled Spider Cluster, and that is taking between two to four Arachnorok Spiders, or Grim Scuttled Arachnorok Spiders, uh, and you get to add plus one to the hit roll for attacks made by melee weapons by units from this battalion. Yep. Um, the unit composition of this battalion is great. It makes it really easy to have an incredibly low drop army for uh, Spider Fang. Um, the ability is okay. Uh, plus one to hit for melee attacks. Uh, generally uh, averages out to, based on my math, about one bonus damage. Um, 
because the fang attacks already hit on twos at the top profile so they don't really benefit from that but as you get bracketed it'll help more and more so roughly it's about a plus one damage increase um and a little higher if you get rerolls. so with this particular battalion are you fishing for mortal wounds and when they're under the light of the bad moon knowing that it turns from a flat six to a five plus are we just fishing for mortal wounds because that five plus would go to a four plus for that one turn no it doesn't stack so the highest you can get up is a five up and the plus one to hit doesn't help you trigger your mortal wounds so this is most effective on the the leg attacks so this is uh pretty good for arachnorox since they're mostly going to take advantage of the uh other profile attacks this helps the goblins on the back and the spider leg attacks um spider riders generally are better at fishing for mortals in my experience you know, I'm just looking at the rules interaction where it's talking about it also says an unmodified hit roll of five plus and then it talks about the plus one to hit. So okay. Yep. Interesting. Uh, look, to be honest with you, I wasn't that big of a fan. I think when I look at the Loon Shrine rules, I kind of feel that the spider riders might be maybe the way to go. Maybe. Um, but that's why you're the expert and I'm yeah. just I'm I'm talking theory hammer. Yeah, for that one, uh, I will say you can stick your Arachnorok Shaman in that battalion as well. So I really like it for composition reasons more so than just the battalion effect. Would you, if you were going to build that particular battalion, would you go up to four? Would you go just the two and then fill it with some other things? Or do you think it's just not worth looking at? Uh, if you like Arachnoroks, I'd think uh, two to three. Four is a bit of a push, I think, in most lists unless you're running a bunch of skitter strands and those I think have other battalions that they might be better in. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we did see for a while uh, having two or three, but once you start going into three to four, uh, unless you really love them. And obviously we're talking from comp competitively match play here guys, but obviously if you want to run four spiders, do what you want to do. It's your hobby. Uh, but for competitively, I think you then start losing too much on the objective game. Um, you're just not going to yeah. hold an objective very well. Uh, and I think that that's a challenge in Spider Fang in general, let alone then doubling down on putting all your po points in big spiders. Well, Dave and I were having this good discussion before we started about his worst matchup, which was a, uh, against Gargans. And I'm like, yeah, I could see how that would be a real struggle, uh, just not having the amount of bodies and um, just not the amount of more, the damage that you need to do get the, the Gargan down. Yep. Next battalion you got is the Grim Scuttled Scut Skitter Swarm. Man, so many S's. <laughs> yep. I'm glad I got a pop filter. You have so you have to take three plus spider rider units, and you do have an optional zero to one scuttled boss or web spinner shaman. So okay, cool. So we've we we can take a web spinner shaman, and we do know that there is a command trait for the web spinner shaman. Okay, yep. some nice little synergies there. And if you do so at the start of the first battle round, after determining who has the first turn, but before the first turn begins, you roll a dice, you roll a, a dice and pick up to D3 units from this battalion and you remove them from the battlefield. If you do so at the end of your first move, you set them up again, wholly within six inches of the battlefield and more than nine from an enemy. I have some opinions, but I want to hear what you think. All right, uh, this battalion is absolutely fantastic. Um, other armies would absolutely kill for this, and on spiders, we love it too. Um, the composition is amazing. Uh, the only battle line that spiders have is going to be spider riders, 
and grots because grots are the keyword, but you've got the loon shrine. You want to bring spider riders. Um, and that web spinner shaman keyword can also fit your web spinner on a Ragnarok. So you can fit everything you want in this battalion. I really like it. It's a small battalion. So if I wanted to run double skitter swarm, I could. Um, I love this rules interaction. I love that I can deploy some models on the table. And then before the game starts, if I realize I'm in a bad position, if I realize there's an opportunity to challenge an objective, if there is something that I want to protect, uh, AKA my web spinner shaman, for example, or a scuttle boss, um, I literally have, a mini version of Hand of Gork where I'm able to remove those models from the table and bring them on um, in that first movement phase. So, uh, and the fact that if, you know, let's say, for example, my opponent takes the first turn, then it means that they're still on the side waiting till my movement phase. Uh, or it might even force my opponent's hand to go, well, I, I want you to take first turn. And uh, if you notice there's a bit of a trend in your opponent's always giving you first turn, you can start to build a strategy around it. So I like this. Yeah, this is fantastic. Being able to hide from shooting and stuff with your, your shaman, repositioning, getting closer to a, a, an objective your opponent hasn't uh, defended well. And if you roll high, you can deploy a large portion of your army somewhere else so that your opponent has to deal with you on multiple fronts. It's amazing. I will say, though, that if I was, if I personally, and again, we're going to get to Dave's list in a minute, uh, I feel like a Demtel ad, like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Hold on the line, and in five minutes, you get three steak knives. One thing, if I was going to build uh, this Grim Scuttle Skitter Swarm, I would probably try to look for ways that I could increase my likelihood of that nine-inch charge because nine-inch statistically is a 25% success rate. So looking for ways like chronomatic cogs, for example, where you could increase the speed, look for ways that you can um, uh, re-roll or some type of plus and kind of bring those odds in my favor because you can't take a hit. Spiders do not take a hit. And if you foul that charge and you happen to get double turned or your opponent then gets the turn on you um, and you don't take the hero with you, um, then you, you're going to be running for a battle shock You'll probably die. It's a waste of points. Yep. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yep. I, I felt that when I used to play, um, I used to play Legions of Nagash and um, there's a sub allegiance called Legion of Night that allows me to do the same thing. It allows me to take three, up to three units, put them on the side of the board, bring them in in the movement phase, as long as they're outside of nine within six. And I had to get myself the, um, there was a unit, uh, the Harbringers um, that allow you to do 3A6 charge. So that helped me kind of increase my likelihood. And then Chronomatic Cogs for the plus two. So any ways, if you're going to build around this, look for those ways to kind of increase your likelihood. Otherwise, yeah, my guys, my Terror guys, they all just got smashed. Yep. Uh, any, any other final comments on the Skitter Swarm? Uh, I don't think so. We'll get to it when we get to lists, I think. Oh, there's there's Dave ruining Christmas for us. Looks like we're building upon that. No, I really like it. I think that's my favorite battalion. The last one is the Grim Scuttled Nest, which means that you have to take between two to three Skitter Strand Arachnorocks. In your first movement phase, instead of making a normal move with the model from this battalion, you can say that it will tunnel through the web, web portals. If you do so, remove the model from the battlefield, set it up again anywhere on the battlefield, more than nine inches from any enemy units. Okay. What are your thoughts? Uh, I love the ability, but 
since the Ragnaroks can already be put into into reserves and deployed anywhere on the map, it has less of an effect, especially since they're not a unit that are good at controlling objectives. Because that's that's what that would be really useful for on a unit where you can pop up a small unit on an objective, maybe get a charge off. But they have an existing battalion in in the book that you still have access to, the Gloom Sight Battalions, these don't overwrite them, that gives them a charge bonus when they pop up the first time. So I think that one's going to be generally better than this one. And that's that's my only complaint. I love the effect, though. I love the effect. I just don't love the Skitter Strain Arachnorox getting the effect. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to pop up outside of nine, I don't know if I've got, like, if I had a Howdar, for example, the Howdar is not going to do the shooting damage that Iron Drake's uh, Gun Hauler some other type of pop-up and, you know, flamers or, mm. or, um, or salamanders, they don't do the damage that those guys do when they pop up and, and shoot outside of nine. And then you, we just talked about the likelihood of hitting a nine-inch charges is incredibly yep. low. So um, I like the rule. I'm just not a big fan of what I have to use it on. Yeah, if we could bring it on the uh, the ones with the Hodas, the, the Spider Fang War parties, they have built-in reroll charges. But this is only the skitter strands, which don't have that. So spot on, spot on. But even if it was like, it's like, oh, like this is just not that strong. So yeah, I love the ability to move around, and I think that's kind of why I'm more attracted to uh, the skitter swarm more than anything. So, yeah. so, and especially because I'm bringing a hero with me. So, and finally, there's a whole bunch of points. Um, all 140 points. I thought that was a little bit expensive, in my opinion. Um, but they're a little bit expensive, but yeah, I I can see the skitter swarm at 140 because the movement effect is so powerful. But the others probably should have come down a bit, especially since the the existing battalions that are similar are less in the gloom spike. Yeah. So you'd save points taking those pieces. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm look, I'm look, I'm, look, I'm happy with it, and obviously the optional things. But for me, I was just like, oh. Maybe a little bit too expensive for my liking. But uh, I've teased you enough, like those cheesy uh, salespeople call today and you get yourself a free um, Scuttle Tide and uh, bonus cauldron um, if you act now. List number one, Dave. Let's take us through list number one. So I'll, I'll read it out. I'd love to hear how you've pieced this all together. And I'm already seeing something bizarre on your list, things that I was not expecting. Yeah. Uh, and that is, I'll let, I'll let the chat work that out. <laughs> What, what I'm talking about. So you've got yourself a web spinner shaman on a Ragnarok. Uh, it is the general and it's coming with, now I assume the screamer squig was, um, I think you had a note there to say that yeah. this is, um, so obviously these these rules are not in the uh, War Scroll Builder yet. So take this with a grain of salt, guys. So um, what you've got is you've got the general with the artifact that is coming from the uh, White Dwarf rule. Uh, and then you've also got the law of sneaky distraction. You've got another web spinner shaman on a Ragnarok with the totem of the spider gods, and you've got scuttling terrors as the spell. You've got yourself nine fellwater trogoths, 15 spider riders, 15 spider riders, five spider riders. You've got yourself uh, not the spider rider skittle mob. It is the, uh, it's the, the grim scuttle um, spider rider one. Yep. That one. Uh, the new one. I think it's Grim Scuttle Skitter Mob is what it's called. Uh, the yeah, the Skitter Swarm. Yeah, yeah, the Skitter, yeah, the Skitter Swarm, the Skitter Swarm. Uh, you got the, you've got the Spider Rider Skittle Swarm, and then the you've got Geminid Scuttle Tide and the Cauldron, so the Arachna Cauldron, that comes in at a total of nineteen eighty. 
So, yeah. um, so take it away. How I don't know. Maybe we start at the top, or like, how did you get to this point? Why did you choose what you chose? Okay, I uh, will start with the leaders because that's the probably the easiest spot. Um, I'm playing Spider Fang. I'm going to be bringing a web spinner general to take advantage of that new command trait. That's really good. Um, so I've made one my general, and he's got the Sayari, or not the, he's got the, the Bravery Aura artifact, the new one. Mostly he's got that one as a tax in this list, and he's also got Sneaky Distraction. So he's my general, he's a good wizard, and he's going to be uh, supporting uh, the trolls in the list, actually, hopefully, with Sneaky Distraction, because he can cast that. If the trolls are nearby, other units in melee are going to get a neg 2 to hit those Bellwater trolls. So that's going to be a really strong combo. And by the way, this the artifact that we're talking about is that Shyishian spider sigil that comes from the Grim Scuttle um, tribe. So to, again, not updated in War Scroll Builder yet. But why did you choose two Arachnoroks? Is it because they're big, wounded monsters that have a bunch of combat damage? Um, obviously, one's going to have like a very big radius to to with the the increase in bravery and the decrease to opponent's bravery with the artifact. Um, but what do they bring into the table? Uh, so I brought one for a while, um, and I was playing with that, but the, the issue is their War Scroll spell is a spell that will double the amount of mortal wounds dealt by the Spider Venom ability. And so that ability, like that spell is key to doing a lot of damage with spiders. And so if you if you ever lost your, if you only had one and you lost your Ragnarok, it would be very hard to come back. So having two just gives you a little bit of extra resiliency. Because I would imagine the temptation would be to only have one Arachnarok and then make that that five unit of Spider Riders a unit of 15. So you've got three big blocks of 15 Spider Riders. But what you're saying is that you found once you lose an Arachnarok, and that is usually like target number one. If you see that on the table, if I see your, your this on the battlefield, looking at the amount of endless spells you've got, looking at potentially what's going to get me the most or quickest, I'm probably at least taking that that spider down. So having two is a bit of redundancy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second one here uh, has the Totem of the Spider God, which is a, an, an artifact from the Gloomspite Gits book that makes it so that any spider fang units within 12 inches, wholly within 12 inches, uh, get their spider venom on a 5+. So it's the same effect as the moon, um, but it's on an artifact. And so this is the web spinner that's actually part of the Skitter Mob Battalion. So what I'm going to do is if I roll a a one, I'm probably just going to take that five or maybe a fifteen and put them somewhere, put them somewhere safe. But if I get a two, what I can do is I can take a unit of fifteen and I can take this web spinner shaman and deploy them somewhere uh, closer to my opponent, and that lets me get an early charge maybe or just cover a new area of the board, and they have access to the buffs they need in order to do damage. And it allows you to really split your force up too. You can have, you know, whether you have a spider on air. And I've seen spiders used on the flags really well. Um, and that's certainly how I like to use it, or I've seen Gits players use them in the past. Then it allows you to have like two flanking spiders and kind of stretch your opponent out and have almost like two war parties where you'd have 15 spiders supporting either side. Or you could have, you know, one super buffed up, you know, running with two, three big blocks of, of spiders. And then the other ones on the side being annoying. So... Um, yeah. I, I, I like the I like the second one. I know um, Paul Wagner in the chat as well, who's a, a massive spider player. You know, one of my favorite. He he says he he, he normally runs two or three years. So um, it depends on like how you're supporting it and what you build. But he thinks yeah. he's a crap player. I don't think so. And his display board is off the charts. I'll have to check it out sometime. I haven't seen it yet. 
Oh, it's very cool. It's like this big, um, like cave, and uh, I saw it at De there was a Depticon where um, the spiders are kind of like little little cave holes in like this. It's it's very cool. Uh, we'll have to find some photos. So you've yep. got yourself two. You got the totem of the spider god. Why why totem? Why not something like the headdress of many eyes or the black fang or um, even you know just like with web web strong cloak or even a realm artifact? Why why this particular one over the others? Uh, anything to make the moon effect more consistent, really. Because um, that's the moon effect. You want it as consistent as possible. And you need your spider riders to do damage. Um, I can go... I have the math written down, but uh, generally, spiders are only going to be doing a lot of damage if they can get both the the five mortals and the five up and the spell cast for the, uh, the double mortal wounds. Um, with only one of them, they'll do close to 10 damage uh, if they're rerolling ones. But if they have both buffs, they can put out 12 to 14 damage most of that's mortal wounds so that's going to tear through a lot of durable things a lot of monsters and you just want to have that as much as possible the burning question that everyone is asking is why nine fell water trogots so um <laughs> so so why why what what, what a fell water trogots bring to the table because i know my 15 spider riders and you know the, the the different spider rider units have to go into my battalion uh and we'll get to that in a minute but you know right at the top there is nine fell water so i guess the question is why trogs why nine why fell water and not like dank hold or some other variant of trog um or why not split them out into two units so i think there's a couple of questions that i have like what does nine bring into the table because that is a lot of points that's one quarter of your army in a match play 2k battle yeah absolutely i i admit this might be a little too many trolls but nine trolls is going to put out a lot of damage and the purpose of them here is to take on those grindy combats that spiders can't handle spiders are really fragile um most of their damage comes when they're buffed up and it's mostly mortal wounds so they have trouble with Anything that's just a big pile of wounds, think your pink horrors, savage orcs. Uh, those are the things that trolls really like to fight because they can't hurt them back, especially fellwaters with that neg one to hit in melee. Um, on top of that, we have the combo with the sneaky distraction. You have your web spinner behind them. You can give them a neg two to hit, which makes them very hard to kill. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it because I think, you know, for other people, they're thinking, well, why don't you go with a dank hold? And while Dankhold are cool, they're very melee-focused, while the fo the Fellwater are bringing that shooting attack, uh, having that natural minus one to hit, I like it. They are, and I think this is probably what they need, is some type of, um, you hear the concept hammer and anvil, you know, hammer is your, your damage dealer, something's going to do a lot. You've got your anvil, which you can handle a lot of damage. And whether it's Fellwater trogs, whether it's any form of trogs, or whether it might be a body of like 40 to 60 goblins, I could see the value in having something like this. So um, obviously, uh, goblins, a big block of goblins plays a very different role to fell waters. But the regeneration of fell waters being able to heal D3 wounds, having minus one to hit, having a Ren 2 shooting attack, um, probably complements them quite well. And they can either be in front of your spiders or behind your spiders and still kind of almost pairing up. Yeah. They're really good at protecting that Arachnorok too. And I think uh, you could bring in some Rock Guts, and I think Rock Guts could do much the same same job. I like the synergy with the Sneaky Distraction and the Fellwaters, though, and I think uh, Fellwaters are better against less armored targets um, because they they have lower rend, more attacks, versus the, the Rock Guts with their high rend, only a couple attacks. Uh, they're going to be hitting the same targets hard that your Spider Riders can hit, so I think the Fellwaters are a better pairing. 
<laughs> I like it. I would maybe argue that nine is too many. Yep. Um, that's my personal feel. I feel like maybe six would do the same job as nine. Because um, another question, and look, I, I, obviously I'm talking from Matt's hammer. You're you're playing it in real life. Yep. Um, I like. I would personally love to see maybe the other spider unit increase to ten, or maybe having another separate five outside the battalion to hold objectives, to be a screen, something like that. But maybe the other question I have about your heroes before we get into the Spider Riders, um, and this came up in the chat a little bit, was why no Scuttle Boss on Giant Spider? Uh, so this is, uh, I can't exactly remember, but uh, with the new rules, I think there's a lot less reason to bring a Scuttle Boss. Before, I'd bring him every time because you could bring in a command trait with him. He was the only one that had access to a real command trait. So yeah, I always bring him in with the one that gives him double mortal wounds, which would make him a real damage dealer. But with the new rules, you have an amazing command ability for your Ragnarok that makes the whole army more consistent. And so I I'm not I find myself not bringing him as often because he isn't the only one that can have a command trait. Uh, and his personal command ability is not that useful, in my opinion. You get to reroll charges for nearby units and reroll the Crooked Spear attacks, which are hitting on fives and fours and... Each spider rider only gets one of them, so it's not a huge damage increase. If you could take him in the battalion, so if you could teleport around the board with your things and try to reroll that nine-inch charge, um, I could see that being really valuable, but I could also now hear that um, it probably doesn't synergize as well with some of the new rules. But there's probably there is probably a place if you wanted to add your and you're a big fan of your scuttle boss, I think pros and cons and maybe if you drop that um the fell waters down to six maybe those points could go into there but maybe you're just better served with more spider riders knowing that you're going to keep regenerating them on a four plus yep speaking of spider riders you've got two blocks of 15 one block of five so i guess first off why do you have a small unit what uh, does a 15 do that a, a 10 or a five doesn't okay. um like, like, talk to me, like, some of the decision here, because you could, you could, uh, in all intents and purposes, you could run these all at all small units of five. Yes, some of them would sit outside the battalion, but why have you gone up with blocks of 15? Like, talk to me through some of that logic. Uh, so in my experience, I've got three units here because I need to fill out my battle line and I need to fill out the battalion. So that's why there's three units here. Um, but you could always bring more, but, uh, my, in my experience, five-man units are there mostly to grab objectives, to maybe act as a screen, protect other units. They don't do a whole lot of damage. 15-man um, units are your, uh, your hammer ones. You're going to buff them up. You're going to throw them into something, and you're going to try to do damage. In my experience, uh, 15 has been better than 10. I find 10 ends up losing a few on the way to combat, maybe through shooting, through spells, and so they're not as effective in combat as you need them to be when you get there. Um, and now with the new Loon Shrine rules, when they come back, they're going to come back as a unit of eight, because I'm pretty sure it rounds up, which is still going to be in a, a pretty effective combat unit if you buff it up. Actually, I just want to correct myself. I've just re-looked at the Grim Scuttle Skitter Swarm, and you can take zero to one Scuttle Boss. Yeah. So that actually that actually could possibly work if you were going to be aggressive and teleport your unit and put them on the side of the board. You could take a Scuttle Boss to go with the spider rider unit and then use a command point to re-roll the charge or okay that could possibly work i'm sorry i'm just I'm, I'm i'm piecing through the maths and i'm looking at this going oh actually there could be a place for the scuttle boss 
with the battalion if that was your play style or what you were trying to do? Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you're going to do that, I'd give him the, the totem of the spider god instead, instead of the Arachnarok, I think, because then he'd ambush over there and give all those spider riders the, uh, the, the mortals on the 5-up, and that would be really useful. Um, I didn't have room for him in this list, but I think that's a, a viable alternative to what I have here. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the, the, the cool thing about these list discussions is there is no one single way to build lists. You know, we can, it's season for taste, build the way you want to build it. Um, I'm just looking at this going, okay, well, the, the, the cool ability is, is that if I happen to roll uh, a three plus on that D3 um, units, you know, if I get two or more units, it means that I could teleport a block of 15 or even a block of five with a, with a scuttle boss. If, if my opponent zoned me off really well, I could still take that unit of five and probably find space for those two little units. But if I've got a really generous space, I could really tap into um, the big block of 15, you know, alpha striking, hitting them hard in a weak flank or challenging an objective early. So, um, yeah, all ideas, all ideas. There's no good, there's no one single list that rules them all, but I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Would you, and I think one of the challenges as well is if you split those spider riders any more than you do, one, you increase your drops, uh, and two, um, as you mentioned, the effectiveness of the mortal wounds and the effectiveness of the damage, when you start going down to tens and fives, you really do feel um, they just don't put as much damage out yeah. um, as the 15. So uh, Conveniently, this wouldn't actually increase your drops because the, the skitter mob is actually three plus spider riders so you can fit as many as you want in there so you could stay this list is three drops you can stay three drops and have as many units as you want Ev sorry you're right because every other battalion from the white dwarf has a fixed two to three three to four but yes actually the the, sc the skitter swarmer is uh three plus so if you did want to go all in on spider riders you could have lots and lots of spider riders. Let's say you didn't want to buy trolls. You could put those 500 points into more spider riders, have four, five, six units and flood the board. And then when they die, bring them back at half strength and just keep bringing them back and keep challenging the, the board. Well, once they've died and come back once, they can't do it a second time. Yep. But you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, that's kind of a more Beast of Chaos style play, which if... I don't think it's incredibly efficient at the moment. If we get a points drop, maybe 10 to 20 points, I think that's a very viable way to play Spider Fang. Mm. Mm. I like it. Um, maybe one question from the... Oh. Paul's asking me a question. All right, I'll ask a question from Paul and maybe we'll move on to, to your endless spells. But Paul was asking about the web crawler ability, uh, which is on the Scuttle boss. So... Just for anyone who's playing at home, the wall crawler ability is uh, when this model makes a move, it can pass through terrain uh, features in the same manner as fly. Um, so I guess, could you use that to your advantage in this list? Uh, this one doesn't take as man advantage of it as much. If you have a board with a lot of terrain, being able to run your spider riders over terrain is really useful. Uh, Arachnoroks, in my experience, almost need that rule just to get around because of their big base and their their eight inch move. But uh, I, this list can take advantage of it, but I don't think it's taking full advantage of that rule unless you're on a board with a lot of terrain. And web crawlers on everything Spider Fang except for the uh, the web spinner on foot. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, 
being able to manipulate the board, especially as uh, as there's more terrain on the board probably than ever before, and um, thinking about placement of where terrain may be on the table. So talk to me about those endless spells. You've got Geminid, Scuttle Tide, and Arachnorock Cauldron. You've got two spellcasters, three endless yep. spells. Um, maybe I'll start with the Cauldron, because the Cauldron, to me, is an auto-include and a perfect synergy with the Arachnorock Spider. It just works so well. What... Why do you take it and why do you think it works so well? And then let's bring in my favorite spell in the entire game. And if I could bring it in every list, I literally would. Scuttle Tide. It's just the best. Yeah. All right. We'll start with Cauldron. Uh, the reason we're bringing it is plus one to cast. Um, it might be a little strange. Moon Clan lore has some great spells, but the big reason is plus one to cast because the Arachnorocks have the spell to double your mortal wound output. And if you get a 10 or more, you can pick D3 units to do it. So you want to get that casting value as high as possible so you can get that spell off. Um, the, the added bonus is just the uh, the access to the really good Moon Clan spells like Hand of Gork and Itchy Nuisance. Yeah, like when you look at the spell lore, unless you were going in a mixed force, uh, and that might be a justification on why you would you would take a, a big block of stabbers or shooters instead of the Fellwater, because then you could potentially combine quite well with the Great Green Spite um, or some other type of goblin-based spell. But, yeah, for me, Itchy Nuisance, which is meaning you're fighting at the end of combat, that's just a perfect way to protect your guys from being hit. And then uh, Hand of Gork, which allows you to teleport a unit. I love that that model. So I love that spell, especially when something regens. I'm yeah. able to then throw them back into the battlefield uh, late game. And because they're normally at half strength, it does mean that uh, they've got a smaller footprint, which means they can go into objectives, especially as Attrition Wars is kind of reducing the models on a, an objective. They have a better chance of stealing the objective late game. And I've done that plenty of times with a block of like uh, 10 goblins or like three squigs. Yep. And in this list in particular, we have a big unit of trolls that can take those mortal wounds and hopefully regen them back before they uh, they start to matter. Uh, you can actually, uh, based on the way the rules are written, you can do the mortal wounds and then roll your regen roll. So you can do it after they've yeah. taken damage. Yeah, I did. I used to do it with a troll hag a lot. A troll hag would take damage, and then I would regenerate them. So that it, it, it's not a, it's not a, at the start of the hero phase. It's just in the hero phase. So that's a really good call out. Uh, then we got Scuttle Tide here. Scuttle Tide is just a fantastic endless spell. Uh, anywhere on the board, wholly within six inches of an objective, it doesn't affect Spider Fang units at all. You can Spider Fang units can also walk over it. And terrain piece, terrain piece, terrain not, piece. Not, not objective. Yeah. I wish it was objective. Sorry. How cool would that be? Yeah. No, like center of the board, focal points. Boom! I'm putting this wall down. But no, it's yeah. it's uh, within uh, six inches of a terrain piece. Yeah, and then it does some mortal wounds. Um, you roll like six dice, and it does mortal wounds on fives or sixes, but that's fine. The main purpose, blocking your opponent from going where they want. You put it somewhere, you block in between maybe two uh, train pieces, move it so they can't get through. It's going to block them off. It's fantastic. I remember playing a game once with a block of 40 Plague Monks before Plague Monks got their War Scroll redone, and I literally blocked, blocked them off and um, my opponent kept giving me second in the battle round, so I just kept moving the spider wall in front of the the clan or the um, the plague monks. And not only was it doing mortal wounds, it was just generally annoying my opponent, uh, which was good time. But I love it. I love the value of being able to block off an opponent, especially with less flying now. So things like uh, what was it the Griff of the Charm? No, what was my fa uh, the Thermal Rider Cloak? 
So then write a cloak you'd have on like a Keeper of Secrets or a, uh, a Stonehorn and they'd fly up the board. But if there's yeah. a Stonehorn or a Keeper of Secrets or some other type of monster or big block of units, I could put that, that, that Scuttle Tide down, block them off, and they'll waste a turn moving just to get away from it. Yeah. Um, or they'll, 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 because it's so annoying, they'll use one of their spell casts to get rid of it. So it's just a win, win, win. And as a spider player, getting the plus one to cast that spell, uh, and you ignore the effects as well, don't you? Yeah, you don't take damage from it, and your units can walk over it. It might just be the ones with spider climb. Or it's, spider... Only, it's, only the, it's, only, it's only the spider fang keywords. Your yeah. trog would still take damage because my, yeah. my goblins would always take damage. Yep, absolutely. But your spider units don't take damage from the spell, so you can maneuver around it just fine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And finally, Geminids, are you are you going for the damage dealing of Geminids or are you going for the minus one to hit, minus one um, uh, attack or a bit of both? Um, primarily uh, debuffing units, trying to fight your trolls. You're trying to make a really hard anvil so you can take those central objectives and stuff that you're fighting over. Um, part of it, too, was I just had some extra points in this list. I couldn't fit an extra five spider riders in and i figured geminids would be in a great addition to the list and the cool thing as well is um with this with the grimscuttle fang ruled being able to ignore the effects of a spell or an endless spell on a five plus should you find yourself in a position where your opponent throws geminids back at you there is a one in three chance that you can ignore the effects of geminids which is just brilliant yep so definitely de-risks de de the um uh, the decision because that's always one of the things like you don't want Geminids thrown back at you uh, but that allows you to mitigate that a little bit yep absolutely and the other thing is uh, spiders uh, losing an attack hurts but they don't take as big a penalty from neg one to hit since a lot of their damage comes from unmodified fives and sixes yeah, I dig it. Yeah, absolutely. I dig it. Uh, anything else you'd add on to this particular list? I really like it. Obviously, we've, we've had some discussion about how it may change, and uh, that's not to say that I know everything, uh, and this list may work really well, but if you wanted to bring in your scuttle boss, you're a big fan of that, uh, or you wanted more spider riders, there's certainly versatility or another endless spell. Um, I love, like, the Malevolent Moon. Um, I think that's a great spell to, to debuff, and it's got a very long threat range, so... You might want to get yourself a fungoid cave shaman to get some CP. I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening in this list. I like it. I think prismatic palisade would be great here too to combine with the scuttle tide to block off your opponent even more. Just control as much space as you can. And when I used to play Gits and Gits had more than three endless spells, I'd also have shackles in there as well. So it'd be a triple annoying between palisade, scuttle tide, and shackles, and just put, clog up the board and just annoy the crap out of my opponent. Yep, absolutely. And I had a great time. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't win any best sports by by taking gits. Uh, but uh, now that I'm playing squeaks on them, they they love me. So, uh, any any final comments on this particular list, or do we want to do a second one? I think we're ready to go to the second one. I dig it. I dig it. So that was a cool list. That was list number one. Uh, let's look at list number two again. Remembering that these rules are not in War Scroll Builder just yet. So. What do we got? We've got uh, a web spinner shaman on Arachnorok that has the general and the headdress of many eyes and sneaky distraction. We have a web spinner shaman on Arachnorok with the totem of the spider gods with sc uh, scuttling terrors. Again, some similar combinations, but we've got a new artifact coming into play here. And we have a web spinner shaman on foot. And I can only assume that artifact is the Shaishan spider sigil, not the, uh, the screamer squeak. Yep, absolutely. Just like before. Yeah, yeah, just like before, guys. Don't at me. Don't tell me this uh, this list is wrong. It's not legal. It's just that War Scroll Builder doesn't have these rules yet. 
we also have the spider fang uh, spell gift of the spire god so this is probably more than what we were kind of talking about some of that theory before we've now got a whole bunch of spider riders we've got a block of 15 a block of 15 a block of five 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 so we've got one two three four five six six units of spiders and we know that these all fit in the one battalion which is which is super sexy what's that a three drop uh no, this one no, is a, it is a three drop but we've got two of the battalion in this list ah yes we do we have two of the battalions, so we haven't crammed it all into one we've yeah. actually gone double battalions we're getting double artifact double cp uh reduce those drops down baby we've got two of the uh what someone calls it the uh the uh the skitter grim swarm. scuttled skitter swarm yep and then wrapping it all up in a little bow with scuttle tide and arachnorock cauldron so a little bit of similar but a little bit of different so what's different between these lists and how do they kind of work uh so this one's different this one i wanted to uh take advantage of the redeployment as much as possible so my my idea was that d3 on that battalion is the weakest part. If you roll a one, you can only move one unit. That's a little frustrating when you can't move something useful. So in this battalion in particular, uh, what you can do is you can always redeploy one web center shaman that has that totem of the spider god and one unit of 15 spider riders. So uh, no matter what's going to happen, you're going to at least get that big unit that you can support with the spell and the totem uh, somewhere on the board where it's going to be uh, force your opponent to, to split focus. So you've technically guaranteed yourself two sideboarding units by, by yeah. having two battalions. At minimum, they've got one each. Uh, there's no requirements. Yeah, I, I dig it. I really like it. And you take a hero with it, you can still use the effects on the other unit. The only thing that the the, the battalion's doing is they're allowing you to redeploy. So by having them split out, there's no impacts between having two battalions close to each other when they teleport. There's no negative impacts. There's no reliance on... It's just the teleport. I, I like yeah. it. Absolutely. I, I thought of that when I saw it. I was like, the best way to mitigate that downside is to take two of the battalion if you can squeeze it in. And luckily, it's a really flexible battalion. The burning question I've got for this list and even the last list is you're teleporting or you're moving some things to the side of the board. They're outside of nine inches from your enemy within six inches of table edge. I only imagine you want to get into combat with these guys early. Um, you're clearly not threatening objective early. You probably want to get into combat, take down something, uh, especially with some mortal wounds. Why no cogs? Uh, so I didn't bring cogs here because, uh, in my opinion, it, it's just as effective to try and deploy those units on another board edge and not ready to get in combat turn one. There's going to be times when you really want to get in as soon as possible, but Spider Fang playing it is mostly about, in my opinion, picking your battles wisely. So just having the opportunity to split your opponent's focus, have multiple sort like multiple focuses of power on the board. And the problem with cogs, um, it's great if you want to get into combat, but it also gives your opponent extra speed. And so you're helping your opponent maneuver around the board. Um, and that, that can be a downside sometimes because you want to be more maneuverable and you want to be picking those fights yourself. I'm just imagining, just knowing that that spiders don't have a strong armor save. Uh, they don't take damage very well. And I think maybe you've got to pick your battles on just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, yeah. And because you've got to hold, you've got to bring them on in the first turn. It's not like you can hold them in reserve for a couple of battle rounds. Um, I imagine that you choose your battle. And if you get close to an enemy and they've got shooting, they're just going to shoot you off the board. So um, I think there's an argument to go for cogs if you are 
if you're building towards that style or you just need to choose when to do it and when not to do it because you're just putting yourself in that range of, you know, 16, 18 inches, which most normal kind of shooting is kind of in that bracket of you know, 16 yep. to 20 kind of range. Uh, absolutely. Uh, there's a really good argument for cogs, I think. I didn't bring it here. The web spinner that you're going to be redeploying has scuttling terrors as a spell, though. So what that does is it lets your spider units run, uh, charge, and shoot um, all in the same turn. And so that lets you cover a huge distance if you need to. So that was my thought here. Uh, cogs is a, a great addition as well um, to make sure you get those charges. But my thought is to more deploy a little back so your opponent won't get that fight. This is definitely weaker against a list that's trying to alpha strike you. But this is uh, going to help you maneuver and have more control, I think, over the battlefield. I could see real valuable, real value teleporting or, or you know, moving to the side of the board that unit of five spiders uh, and just being a constant threat in the backfield and getting your opponent to split their focus, split their attacks, maybe move one of their models off an objective to go kind of deal with that unit of five. And we know unit of five, who cares? Um, yeah. And if they die, cool, on a four plus, they're coming back as unit of three. And with Hand of Gork through the Arachnor Cauldron, we can then get those three back into combat, back behind an enemy line, challenging an objective. So um, I can see that combination of Scuttling Terrors working really well with a block of that big block of 15. Um, yeah. It's not going to work very well with the teleporty guys because they don't have the ability to run yeah. uh, because the, the teleport, the setup counts as the movement. Mm -hmm. But being able to move, run, and then shoot and charge, quite sexy. Yep. Uh, another reason uh, I don't have cogs in this list is I have an 80-point foot wizard here because I wanted to bring uh, uh, have a different artifact on my one Arachnorok. So that, that would be an easy swap out to take out that web spinner on foot, put in the, the cogs. I think that would be a, a good addition. But I really wanted to showcase the uh, Arachnorok, sort of the, the durable version of the Arachnorok Shaman. Yeah, no, I like it, and and, and I'm, I, all I'm merely doing is challenging you to, with, with other ideas because yeah. some people might really like certain builds and some people might really like your build. I think the the goal of this show is really just to kind of showcase the different ways to build the list and you find the way that suits you. But I don't think there's anything wrong with this list. I think there are, there are a whole bunch, and I think the cool thing as well with Gits is there's so much in Gits, right? You could bring yourself a, uh, a Fungoid Cave Shaman and kind of go for more command points you could um you could bring in you know um one of my favorite characters the uh the madcap shaman and give them the moon face moment i love that artifact being able to reduce an armor save down um and that might be combined really well with the with the unit of trogs that we had in the previous list yeah like the the options with gits is just so imagine uh, crazy uh, you might bring yourself a unit of uh, Boingrot Bounders to do some mortal wounds on the charge as well. Like that, that's yep. more of a guaranteed four plus. So do what you want to do. I think that's the cool thing, right? Yep, absolutely. Is there any other things that you would change? I know we've thrown some ideas around. Um, is there any other endless spells that you, if somebody wanted to maybe just run one of the battalions and uh they put all their spider riders in the battalion and um they don't go for that guarantee they maybe they're a bit more of a casino player i want to roll roll for the chances yeah uh if you had some extra points like the 140 was there any other things you'd add maybe into this list or ways to tweak this if you ran single battalion uh if i were to run a single battalion on this um 
I might end up dropping the the foot web spinner shaman. Maybe not. I'd probably bring an extra a few extra spider riders, and that would give me. I think I'm at 1990s. So that would give me an extra 50 points for an endless spell or a command point. So uh, maybe something like palisade, maybe burning head, maybe shackles. I dig it. I'm just having a look to see how big can a spider rider unit go? Is it 20? Uh, up, up to 30, and you get a horde discount at 30. But uh, it's 560 points for 30 of them. So maybe the question I've got for you is why haven't you done that? Why haven't you gone for a crazy big anvil with like a big block of 30? Uh, it's too unwieldy to move around, uh, and it's still not that durable. It would be 60 wounds on a 5-up save for 540 points. Um, I'd rather just bring trogs, or maybe even we have bone splitter allies, so you could bring in... 30 Savage Orcs for 300 points. That's 60 wounds on a 6-up. I don't know if they get their feel-no-pain, but that if you just want a big blob of wounds, I think maybe just bringing in some Savage Orcs would be more effective. And you probably want a command point up your sleeve as well just to make sure you don't lose anything to battle shock. You want to have a couple of resources up your sleeve. Yeah. Um, they certainly cannot be anvil, as Paul saying in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, maybe another one from Paul that I really liked was... Um, this is the second list in a row that we haven't got a scuttle boss. Yeah. What would you What would you need to see in a scuttle boss to bring it into the table? It looks like Paul's very passionate about his scuttle boss. I think you maybe you've cut him deep, uh, <laughs> and the venom is just coming out of his keyboard fingers. But uh, what What would it take for you to bring a scuttle boss in a list? Uh, I absolutely love the scuttle boss. I've got two. I've got one converted from a Shalob and uh, another one that's just the normal Games Workshop one. I love the model. It's super cool and uh, my only issue is it just doesn't do enough damage uh, and doesn't contribute enough. If it had a better command ability, I think that would be great or had a little more damage or another option for damage, I think that would be fantastic. But as it stands now, uh, based on the, the damage it puts out, uh, it only puts out around as much as uh, 10 Spider Riders um, without, the, uh, without the, the command trait for like double mortal wounds, which you can quadruple with the spell. So that was the real reason I brought it before. But now I'm finding myself with less reasons to bring it. It's a pretty good because it's a small area with a, a small base-ish. It's 60 millimeter, but can put out some decent damage. But I just, I'd rather have the extra wounds if I had the opportunity, I think. Yeah, not a fair argument on either side. And um, maybe the only other argument I would I would say in the favor of the Scuttle Boss is in General's Handbook 20, we do have some scenarios that give you bonus VP by having another hero on the table. So by having an extra hero, like a small hero, uh, that could work in your favor, especially if you're playing at a tournament that may have those type of scenarios. But I think, again, either way, you, there's some arguments for and against. So maybe uh, maybe there's a, a spider rap battle about to happen between you and Paul, between your Disney's homie, and uh, yeah. he's going to want to settle the score. We'll see if they change the the main command abilities for rerolling charges. That'll make a big difference. We've seen a lot of reroll charge command abilities, so maybe that's going to disappear in the future. That would change that entirely because if that was our only way to get easy access to rerolling charges, I'd probably bring them in every list. Wise words. 
we have time for a final list. So uh, this is a bonus list. Normally we only do two lists, but this is a bonus list because uh, it's spiders and why not? And it is a little bit different and is a little bit same. Uh, so we've got a lot of commonality here between the web spinner shaman on Arachnorok and the web spinner uh, shaman. So you've still got Totem of the Spider Gods. You've still got your Gift of the Spider Gods. You've still got Scuttling Terrors and you still do have the uh, the Shaishan White Dwarf yeah. Forced artifact you got yourself your spider riders spider riders so you got 15 10 5 5 5 spider riders but what i wanted to talk about more is that you've got yourself the three units of skitter strand arachnorocks and the uh what's it called what's the new uh the the, the new version of the skitter strand arachnorock is that the uh the 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 spider cluster the the two to four grim scuttle arachnorock spiders is that the one no no skitter, skitter strand is the nest sorry the, yeah. the grim scuttle nest but this this battalion is intended to be the original one from the gloom spike gets battle tome uh just the skitter strand nest ah yes yes oh sorry yeah. ignore me yes so the, the note here is it actually is the legitimate normal one, so the Skitter Strand Nest. So you've got three Arachnorocks under Skitter Strand, along with the extra CP, the the Scuttle Tide, and Arachnorock. So why why did you choose the original version of uh, Skitter Strand, not the uh, the Grim Scuttle Nest? Yes. So the original version of the battalion is two to three Skitter Strand Arachnorocks, and whenever they ambush, because they have a rule that you can set them aside, and then at the end of your movement phase, you can deploy them anywhere on the board. So the original battalion would give you a plus one to charge for each skitter strand from the battalion that you set up that turn. So what this does is it makes those charges really consistent. So what you're going to do is you're going to pop out all three on the same turn. They're all going to get a plus three to charge. So they only need a six to make that nine inch charge. It's just a more consistent way of getting them where they need to be, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. When I look at the differences between the two, so the Grim Scuttle Nest. So let's assume we have the same list. The Grim Scuttle Nest, which is the Skitter Strand Arachnorox 2 to 3, allows you in your movement phase to basically tunnel and basically redeploy as long as they're outside of 9. Very similar to like Tree Revenants, just like pick up and kind of teleport around the board. Um, but then in the original list, so your original battalion from your, yeah, your battle tome, yeah. you get to add 1 to the charge roll. So while you're not teleporting, you are increasing the likelihood of a charge and not having to spend things for cogs, for example. Yeah. I, I like, like the I like the consistency of the original one, so that's why I like this one. And I think I think there is some gas to skitter strands, and I didn't feature them in the other lists because I think you need a, a commitment to them in order to make them work. So I wanted to have a list that showed them off. And that might be worth calling out as well is that the battalion uh, the battalions in your battle tome are still available. So these don't replace the battalion ones. Um, so just choose what works best for you. And I think um, I can see a real justification on on taking this version as opposed to the Grim Scuttle Nest, unless I was going to go by cogs and find other ways to guarantee that charge. Because I just don't like them sitting out there on nine inches, hoping for the best with no additional support. Yes, I just don't like absolutely. That. Um. I just don't like that unless I'm going to take it in conjunction with the um, uh, the spider cluster, not the spider cluster, the um, the skitter swarm, and try to get a hero in range and you know do stuff. So I don't know. It's just yeah, a bit bizarre for me. Uh, this list is a lot more drops than the last one because we only have the skitter strand nest. 
Um, I didn't feel like squeezing in the other battalion into this one because it would. I felt it would make our wounds too low because I'd have to cut out at least five spider riders and maybe some, probably something else. So we'd be down to 130 or less wounds, which I was a little worried about. Burning question, last one, is why the CP? I mean, you've got you've got a battalion already. Why would you need an extra CP up your sleeve? Uh, extra CP is useful for uh, re-rolling charges when you need it, absolutely, especially when you're trying to ambush with a few Arachnorocks. Uh, there's a good chance you'll have a hero near at least one. Uh, it's also useful to keep things from running away. And you don't need to take the CP. Uh, another really good option for spiders is to bring a... Uh, just keep your points low and get a triumph because if you manage to roll that re-roll hits um, and get your spider riders buffed with those two buffs, they can put out around 25 damage and almost all of that is mortal wounds. I like it. Yeah, the triumph is often forgotten about. It's one of my slogans. Don't forget your triumph because um, you can you can almost play to it. You know, anything around anything around 1950, um, 1950 to 1960, most people will will go for if if you're, if you're 1950 or 1940, most people will take the command points. They'll end around 1980, 1990. But if you go in and the value of a triumph, you know, getting a reroll to hit, a reroll to wound. Um, especially when you've got a buffed up unit of, let's say, 15 spider riders, that can be incredibly value in, you know, in combination with the blind, the bad moon, bringing down uh, mortal wounds from a six to a five plus, uh, some of the damage, the, the double damage dealing stuff that you've talked about previously. Um, there's some real combination there. And, you know, compared to the value of a, an extra CP, um, I guess it depends on what's coming to the table. And if you really want extra CP, one, you're getting it from the light of the bad moon with your generals under it. But yep. two, you could always go grab like a fungoid cave shaman and generate something um, on a on a four plus. Yep, and I feel Spider Fang in this book is uniquely positioned to not need to use inspiring presence as much if you've got that uh, that bravery aura going on because you can get up to nine uh, bravery spider riders that are uh, two wounds each. So um, you're not going to have a huge battle shock probably for them. So you might be able to get away with not using it. Yeah, that's a really good point because you've only got one or two units that you really need to spend command points on. Like I wouldn't spend command points on the on the five spider riders. Yeah. Uh, and then to answer question in the chat from Noah, what is a triumph? So a triumph is basically when you rock up to the battlefield. Uh, let's say Dave and I were playing and um, the value of Dave's list is, uh, let's say, 2,000 points and mine is 1980 or 1990. You know, I, I basically have less points on the table than David. What happens is there is a table in the general's handbook um, around match play and I get to roll a dice and uh, there are three options that I can implement. So I roll the dice on a one, two, it's something, two, three, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's like a once per game effect. So I can re-roll, uh, I think it's like, is it re-roll hits, re-roll wounds, re-roll saves? Uh, they used so. to be six, but they've changed it to back to three. Either way, I get this once per battle, re-roll hits, re-roll wounds, re-roll saves. I don't know which one I'll get. Uh, and if Dave and I have the same points value, um, nobody gets a triumph. But it's something that if I think of the value of a re-roll hits or re-roll wounds on the whole squad of spider riders that are buffed up under the light of the bad moon and maybe doing double damage or some other type of, of, um, of benefit, you've just increased the damage output or the, you know, exponentially by, by simply not spending all my points. So it can be a viable strategy, but 
it's not a guaranteed one because we ca- might come in and Dave might have less points than me, so I don't get the role. Yeah, you have to play it. If you want to guarantee it, you're going to have to play it like 1940, 1930, guarantee yeah. it. But even then, you might not get the one you want. The one you really want here is reroll hits, one in three chance. That's the other thing as well. So should you get the triumph, what you really want is the reroll hits because that allows you to get, increase the opportunity to do mortal wounds. The reroll wounds, reroll saves is not that valuable in a spider army. Yeah. Maybe you could use reroll uh, saves if you've got some trolls, if you got that Arachnarok with sneaky distraction and the neg one to hit artifact where he's on neg two, that'd be pretty durable. Reroll wounds isn't very useful in most spider units. Maybe an Arachnarok could use it, but I don't see a huge value in it in this army. No, I agree. Dave, this has been awesome. We've gone through three lists. We've talked through some of the logic behind the the new White Dwarf rules. Probably the last burning question I've got for you before we kind of wrap up is I know you've got some practice games in. This isn't just Theory Hammer based on your experience with spiders. You've actually had an opportunity to play with these new rules. What have you learnt or what kind of things have you picked up by using these rules that maybe aren't evident to maybe someone who hasn't played with them yet, maybe who's starting a spider uh, spider fang army, uh, or maybe it's just in that um, in that list-building process? Like, what have you picked up along the way? Uh, yeah, so I, I have some notes here. So um, Arachnoroks are painfully slow to move around. They've only got an 8-inch move at the top bracket, and it decreases, and... They can move over terrain, but they're on a 160 mil base, so they're not. It's it can be tough to maneuver them depending on the terrain. So it's that's part of why I didn't feature the uh, the flinger or the war party variants here because they can be hard to maneuver. If you can, they they have their uses, but I've just found them hard to get around the battlefield. Um, spider riders. This army is like notoriously bad damage in my opinion, but luckily with their buffs, they do a ton of mortal wounds. So you need to get those buffs on before you engage and pick your battles wisely. You're going to be able to take out a lot of really durable things. Like if a monster's on a three up, you don't care because you're doing mortal wounds. But if it's a unit of 20 pink horrors or 30 savage orcs, that 12 mortal wounds isn't going to cut through them. And you're going to have a bad time. Uh, So picking your battles is really important in this army. Is there any battles that that you will actively avoid or you, you... If you were at a tournament, like, you just don't want to play. I know we talked Gargans before and, you know, some of the challenges you had with the Mega Gargans, but is there any other armies that uh, you wouldn't want to to face? Uh, I've got a, a little list here. Sons of Bayamat are particularly bad. They have a lot of wounds per model, and they're going to do enough damage to take you because you're really squishy. So they're a really bad matchup, and they count as 30 models. So you, it's hard for you to beat them on the objective game. Uh, bone splitters are a pretty bad matchup just because of how many wounds they have. You're not going to cut through that very quickly. Uh, fire slayers are going to be tough because they're going to fight first and they get, uh, feel no pain saves, ward saves. They're going to mitigate your poison damage. Uh, Slanesh, you'll, I don't know about Slanesh now, but fighting first really hurts this army because you're not very durable. And then Zinch and KO can be issues as well. Uh, Zinch is probably a worse matchup, I think because they're going to be able to shut down your magic more, and you really need to get off some of these spells in order for the army to function correctly. KO, you just run into the issue of them being able to shoot you down if you don't have enough wounds, or them taking out your your shaman quickly. But our new battalion helps mitigate that a little bit, and bringing two helps. 
And I was just thinking some of these challenges you talked about, especially some of these, um, what we call a castle, where basically, you know, you have something in the center, a techless, a lot of change, a, a Lord Croak with his friends. Uh, these armies that project their power from afar, you do have some of the tools to be able to come from the side of the board and come in and kind of do damage or go for those types of things. So, uh, again, maybe why you want to bring in something to guarantee those nine-inch charges, but... Um, I, I can hear you. No, not not everything is bad. I think you know this army can win. Still, uh, the expectations would be you. I don't think you'll go win five games out of five games at a tournament. I don't think it's also you're never going to win a game in your life. There is a middle ground. You're probably working a little bit harder than maybe other Gits armies. Um, I think in the in this in the spectrum of Gits, when I look at all the variants of Gits, I think you have the hardest of them all. You. You, you have the mortal wound damage that squigs can do, but you have the guaranteed movement that squigs don't have. In saying that squigs have probably more bodies, uh, but they're, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one. But I think that's why I like bringing in the trogs or maybe even a block of a block of um, 40 or 60 um, stabbers or shooters just to be that anvil protector uh, because you just can't take a hit. Come Iron, Iron Jaws, Iron Sons would just run into you turn one and just obliterate you. Um, so having that wall could be very, very useful. Yeah, absolutely. And a meta shift might change this a bit because we do have our specialty. If we get a new army or a new battle tome that really focuses on that defense with a, a really good save, like Petrifex when it first came out, those are the kinds of things that our damage is really good against. Because we're just going to do it all as mortal wounds. We don't care about their save or the rerolls. Yeah, like, yeah, when they put up their shields, for example, um, you couldn't care less because all your damage is doing mortal wounds. So you've got some really good matchups and some challenges. So I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just picking your battles, looking at how you can win, and don't just always focus on the mortal wounds. Uh, you got to play the objective game, and I think that's partially why we talked about not going three or four Arachnoroks because then you just leaving yourself um you're leaving yourself open by just not having enough bodies with your spider riders yep any final closing comments dave before we bring this home i am wearing my the light of the bad moon i'm trying to to gain favor from the bad moon so fingers crossed uh it doesn't sit on the corner of my table uh like it always likes to do yep hopefully not um i'll talk say a few a little thing about objectives here i think that uh Spiders are really good on uh, maps with a lot of objectives because we're thinking objectives are uh, scenarios like uh, Scorched Earth, Total Conquest, uh, Star Strike, and Focal Points because those maps really give you the opportunity to pick your battles. You can spread out. You don't have to engage early. You don't have to fight over an objective in the center. You can hold an objective on the side, wait for your opportunity, and then go in when you see it. Um, real, they're really good on that. Focal Points in particular... 160 millimeters can tag three of those objectives at the same time. Um, it might be kind of tough because you're not durable, but it is possible. And uh, just know when to sacrifice units, uh, throw them in to hold the objective or keep your opponent back, and know when to pick your battles. Sorry, I just muted myself. My dog's barking probably at, at some birds. Uh, yeah. He's a big protector of the birds. He's not a protector when someone knocks on my door. But that's some really good advice. I think, yeah, picking your battles, knowing that you have to do the damage first because you won't take the hit. And if you take a hit, uh, it'll be a real tough time to win the battle um, 
to swing the tide. But I think the fact that you've also now got the Loon Shrine bringing back your spiders, your spider riders, uh, that does give you some versatility. And I know when I've played with my squigs, before the update to uh, White Dwarf with my squigs, I would play more cagey uh, because I knew my squigs couldn't take a hit and I couldn't afford to lose a squig that would die. They would just die to a, a stiff breeze. But now knowing that um, that I could bring them back, I, I was more likely to bring in multiple small units of squig herd or looking at ways to kind of think about it like two waves of my army. I would, I would run wave one and knowing that some of them would die and then I'd be able to bring some of them back and then turn two, turn three, turn four, start regening those units at half strength. That unit of 15 spider riders will come back at, at eight. Um, yep. You know, the unit of five spider riders will come back as unit of three. So then thinking about, cool, that's perfect for holding a back objective by using something like the Hand of Gork to teleport them and challenge, you know, my opponents probably raced up the board and maybe left an objective open. If I can three spider riders within within range of the objective, three or six, depending on what I'm playing, um, that could be great. Um, I could race up the board for something like Scorched Earth, challenge an objective, burn it, the unit dies, cool, it's now back in my field, and, you know, rinse and repeat. So there's some ways to think about the way you play the the army with the Loon Shrine now affecting uh, your, 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 um, your spider riders. Yep, absolutely. So... Sweet, I think it's great, and I hope people start converting their loon shrines into spideries. Whether you put in like some some spiders crawling over the loon shrine, uh, whether you, I, I can't wait. To, you know, Green Stuff World has like spider webbing that you can kind of like attach. Although it's very fragile, but yeah. I want to see some spider versions. Forget this, the the mushrooms. I want to see spiders all over the that loon arach shrine. That arachnid kit has a ton of extra spiders to go on there too. Use some of the howdar parts to like just go. Oh, I love it. I love it. Put some of those little wooden, um, uh, the, the wooden planks and stuff around it. Brilliant, Dave. This has been awesome. I've learned so much for an army that I haven't really dug into. Again, I'm a squig and a and a goblin kind of guy. I've learned so much, and it was cool. And I know we've got we've brought in not only a couple of varieties with white dwarf, but we've also brought in some different ideas from the chat and other ways that you can customize it. So pick your your taste season to taste. Um, if people want to find you, uh, I know you are big on the TGA forum, and I've also put your Twitter handle below. Uh, what was yep. your TGA handle again? Uh, Ganigumo, G-A-N-I-G-U-M-O. So I will try to remember that and put that in the show description, cool. but his Twitter handle is there. So if you want to ask more, uh, TGA is an awesome resource. Go check out TGA or The Grand Alliance. Uh, it's a forum, and... There is a specific chat for is it is it a spider one or is it just gits? Uh, there is a spider one, but the gits one's a lot more active, and we talk about spider stuff there too. So, so, so jump in there if you've got any further questions, you want to share ideas, you want to maybe ch got got a cool concept that we haven't touched on. Go jump on TGA, um, and there's an awesome Facebook group as well for for gits players. But Dave, thank you for your time, chat. Thanks for joining us. I oh, just dropped my knife, uh, my hobby knife that cuts plaster. I'm on parade. Uh, Dave, thank you for your time. Uh, I, hope, I hope you guys all learnt a lot and uh, we will chat again very, very, very soon. Bye for now. I hope you found that discussion valuable. If you did, give the video the old thumbs up. And if you have a comment or an insight, leave it in the comment section below. 
The champions over here are my AOS coach Patreons and YouTube members. So you guys are bloody legends. Thank you for all the support. If you want to know more about the support programs, the links are below down here in the episode description, along with a link to the Discord server, so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.